Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. Hey guys, this is our 99th episode, and since day one, I have never given a listener disclaimer or said such things as, this episode contains brutal descriptions and yada, yada, yada. We know. With this episode, however, I actually thought about giving one, but instead I'm just going to read some of the descriptions that came out of the courtroom. Here we go. Quote, exceptionally grave and atrocious violence inflicted upon a blameless victim. Inhuman brutality that can hardly found an example in the history of crime. No humanity. No respect for fellow human beings whatsoever. And my personal favorite, murdered so brutally at the young age of 17, the victim's soul must still be wandering in torment. All right, so how's that for a disclaimer? All right, well, it's Monday. And Nicole is in Charlotte, North Carolina, which will be there Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a slight delay, so when you see us laughing, Nicole, then you start laughing. Don't wait till you hear it, it because there's a delay. Okay. <laughs> Jen is fake laughing <laughs> <laughs> with no sound. <laughs> um, tonight we're doing a taco special. Or one of our good Taco Supremos, a really good friend. I'm trying to do some more taco specials for you guys lately. And we got some really good episodes coming up. Even the 100th episode is fantastic. You guys are going to love that episode. Um, For tonight, we are... I didn't give you any hints. No. All right. So, Nicole, where are we going? Japan. Oh, all right, so let's just get on with this. I this love is, Japanese food. So good. This is quite an interesting story. I've been wanting to cover this for quite a long time, actually. I actually was going to cover it a few months ago, and I just decided that I couldn't scar people for life back then, but now I just don't really care. So we're going to do it tonight. <laughs> yes. All right, now we're going to November 25th, 1988. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're going to... Japan, uh, Masato, Japan. So it's pretty close to Tokyo. This story is, uh, I don't even know how to explain this story. But so let's just do it and see if you guys can hold in your dinner. I didn't eat dinner tonight. So oh, well, that's, that's even halfway better. Halfway there. All right. We're going to November 25th, 1988. There's two, na- two, age, two teenage mutant ninja turtles. There's two teenage mutant. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> There's two teenage boys. <laughs> There's two teenage boys wandering the street of Mazoto. And I'm probably going to pronounce everything fucking wrong. It's all these weird names of shit. These two teenage boys are up to no good. They are literally wandering the small city of Mazoto. It's probably Mazato. Well, you've said it both ways, so. Whatever whatever works for you. They're wondering the city of Mazato. All right. Now, these boys are looking for trouble. 
Okay, one is 17, the other one's 15. The only reason they're wandering the streets is so they can either rob somebody or rape somebody or both. Their victims are females, obviously, because that's they're they're opportunity seekers. You know how like Ted Bunny is an opportunist, like when he gets the opportunity, he goes kind of like that. Go to talkmore.com to see the pictures. But the guy on the top left is Mayano Hiroshi, and mm-hmm. the friend is Minato Nobuharo. And you can't see their eyes. You can't see their eyes because they're underage. They're under the age of 18 oh. when this crime was committed. All right, so here's the ruse. They're in the small town of Mazoto, and they're trying to rob and rape women. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to do both, really. They split up, right? And they're right by this ditch. It's kind of a rural area. Not much foot traffic goes through there, but people do ride their bikes through there. One boy will kick the uh, oncoming bicycle so that the person on the bicycle, the victim, potential victim, falls and crashes. And the other boy, who is nowhere in sight, so you wouldn't think they're together, after that boy runs off, the next boy, the other boy, the other friend, he walks over and plays the Good Samaritan and says, oh my God, I saw that, like, so bad, like, are you okay, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And and once the victim gets up, he would walk her to a secluded space where he could do his thing and rob her and rape her, basically. That's that, very nefarious for 15 and 17-year-olds. Yeah, this is, uh, you're going to hate this story, Jen. Now, this is the person we're talking about tonight. So if you guys want to describe what um, she looks like. Her name is, and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but Junku Furuta. Junko Furuta. Which one is she? That's both her. She's the one on the top, oh. and then oh, she's okay. in there somewhere. When those oh, girls. she looks like someone that I went to high school with. All right, well, try to pronounce her name, because I know I probably messed it up. Junko Furuto? Furuta. 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 Junko Furuta. Junko Furuta. Junko Furuta. All right, she is a 16-years-old yeah. girl. Now, she is one week away from her 17th birthday. She attended high school right there in Mazado. Now, she is actually is after school and after her part-time job. She works at the local library. So she's coming home early evening, probably dinner time, when she's riding through there. Okay, so she is the victim here, just one that they've pat, that they've found that day, right? Uh, she's very attractive, as you can see. She made awesome grades. She enjoyed attention because, I mean, she's very attractive. She didn't smoke, drink, or do drugs. Yeah, so she was a good person, a stand-up person. The interesting thing about this story is Mayano, the guy on the left that I showed you, at one point, because they all go to school together, he actually asked her out on a date, and she said no. Oh, he got burned. He don't like that. The first guy you're seeing, Mayano, now he is the bad person. They're all fucking awful, trust me. But he is literally the devil. And he was, at the time, a part of a, a new generation of a gang called the Yakuska. So he's actually a gang member uh. in high school. So, But they all know this girl, Junko, that's um, riding her bike through. Are the other two on the bottom of this picture, are they involved yeah, too? they'll come into play, yeah. All four of these boys will come into play. Like I said, Hiroshio, Hiroshi, the, guy, the main guy on the left, top one, he is a part of the Yakuska recruit gang. Now, that, that gang is also known as the Gokudo, 
and that translates to uh, quote the extreme path. They are extremely. Wait, it, did you say it's the Yakuza? Yeah. Is that like a really famous gang? Yeah, they've been around for since like the 1960s. Does your yeah. sister know them? Apparently, a lot of people in Japan are really terrified of them. Well, I think the the like the Yakuza is in other pop culture movies. Like, I think they talk about the Yakuza in Kill Bill too. Oh, oh. okay, I didn't know that. Maybe I'll put that sound. And like in, there. in Karate Kid. Mm, no, because this is a very violent game. Yeah, they're really violent. I mean, really um, effing violent. So he was a young recruit, basically. Now, a little bit about that gang, uh, from what I researched. They hit their height in the 1960s, and when they had 184,000 members. Today, though, they only have about 40,000 members, and they are still active today. So they, they're very ma- mafia-like, so they do organized crime, drugs, guns, everything else. And then they do, you know, what you're about to see here. Okay, now, we're talking about 44 days that I'm going to take you through right now. And I'm going to start through the first day because Junko Furuta, she was actually in captivity for 44 days. Wow. So I'm going to take oh. you through. I'm going to take you through the days. All right. And this is not just like ripping the bandaid off real quick. I wish it was, but it ain't. You guys are going to get sick to your fucking stomach. I'm just telling you. Lovely. <laughs> All right. So those four boys that I that you're seeing on your screen right now, go to talkmore.com to see those four boys. They are the murderers of this story. They will murder Junko Furuta before the end of the tonight, right? All right. That's that's sad. All right, let me get off with day one. So here's what happened. She's riding her bike, coming home. She had a long day of school and her after-school job. You know, she gets kicked off by one of the boys. The other one comes to the rescue I'm a good Samaritan. Oh, my God, are you okay? That boy was Mayano. He was the the first one, the the gang one. I believe he was mm-hmm. the only one with direct ties to the Yakuza. Did you guys know that in Japanese culture, the way that your name is written is opposite of us? Like, yeah. Miyano Hiroshi... His first name would technically be Hiroshi, and his given name was Miyano. That's a family name, right? Surname? I'm always confused. Yeah, I've about- seen all these names mixed up like all kinds of ways. I, I don't, I don't really know. Oh how no, they do I'm it. not. But I'm no, not trying I, to correct you. I'm just trying to. No, I know you're not, but I know you're right. They they do some weird. They do like a weird organization with the names because I've seen them switched around mm. in like different newspapers. So I mean, I don't really know why they do that, but. So Mayano, he was the gang member. He has direct ties to that gang. He goes up. Now, he's the Good Samaritan. But, you know, they're walking with the bike, and the bike, you know, has a twisted spoke or whatever, and she's all bruised in her leg, and she's just so happy that, you know, he was there to, you know, save her. And how I imagine it is he actually, like, ran the other kid off, right? He was like, you get out of here kind of thing. So he's the Good Samaritan. Little does she know that was just a big ruse. So they're walking, and then he pushes her through this woodsy kind of path, which no one walks through. It's like in the woodsy area of this little town. Right there, he rapes her. Now, this is where it really starts. Mm. After that— The Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan, yeah. I mean, he's the awful gang member. Well, yeah, I know. I'm I'm just trying to follow. The other kid went home, so it's just him and her right now. 
Heat. So did they switch off though? Like one yeah, day they, someone will do one role, the next day someone will do the other. Yeah, role? I believe that's what it is. Now a lot of this story obviously is in Japanese, so Google Translate only takes you so far. So he rapes her right there in the wood, the wooded area, and then he takes her to a hotel where he again rapes her multiple times. At this point, it's late in the night, and she's supposed to be home, and her parents get really worried that she's not home. He's telling her the whole time that he's going to let her go, and in fact, they've done this multiple times and let the victims go, right? Mm, oh, so this is not their first, like, rape No, case. it's not their first. This is, like, I mean, I don't know how many, but this it's is... like a routine yeah, for them. Yeah, it's a routine. Well, they're in the Yakuza, so this is norm. Well, one of them is, right? Are they both? Um, I don't believe they're all. I, I only think that Maliano, the the picture, Hiroshi? I should, yeah, Hiroshi, he is the only one. I don't believe Maliano is a full gang member. How I kind of saw it was he is in the recruitment process because he's still young too, you know. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I was looking up this gang. Like, there's like an application to be in this gang from the government, not from the government, oh. but they like. They don't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, like, how... It's crazy. How do these kids get involved And It's crazy that they're so young. I don't know. I mean, I guess that happens over here, too. So, he's at the hotel, and he phones his other two friends, which is the guys at the bottom. Joe Agura, which his name here is Joe Kamensako, because they changed <laughs> his name for the courts and stuff like that. Okay. And then want to be Yashushi. They get all excited and say, don't let her go because we basically want to have our turn, too. That's what they're saying. Uh, I have a couple of uh, Japanese names like that. I think I might be related to him. Wantanbi. What? Yeah, Wantanbi sleeping. They sleeping. And want to be <laughs> eating. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was clever, but, you know, that's fine. I'm used to rejection. They actually go to Minato's house. He's the one on the right there. And not not his house, his parents' home. His parents are business types, so they're in and out of the home. But they still live there. He brings this girl to Minato's home. Now, the parents are home when he gets there. And this girl has just been raped multiple times. So they force her to... Tell his parents that she is his girlfriend, Minato's girlfriend. Now, the whole 44 days I'm going to take you through takes place in this parent's home. When they're in the home, this is upstairs. What? They, so they the parents are home and there's a hostage situation going on? Yeah. I think they just look the other way, that's, honestly. That's oh. pretty crappy. Yeah. And I, I seen... Terrible. I've seen some accounts where the parents were scared because of the Yuzaku gang. Like, he has ties with the Yuzaku gang and stuff like that. And he would actually beat his mother. Yakuza. Yakuza. I think you were thinking of Yakoso, which is one of the (laughs) Japanese restaurants in town. Yeah. She pretends to be the son's girlfriend, and they believe it. And I put my notes for some reason. I I have Mm. no idea. I think they were just scared because of the gang thing. Now, that evening and for the next few days, now we're going to get started. This is ripping the Band-Aid off. So if you have any problems, uh, there's no disclaimers here. Junko Furuta is raped over 400 times. (gasps) 
That's like 10 times a day. <sighs> That's crazy. She was forced to strip and dance around. And yeah, 400 times. That's just impossible, right? There were over 100 other classmates that have been <gasps> inside and outside of the, oh my in gosh. and out of the house. And um, the majority of the boys <sighs> raped her too. So it was close <gasps> to 100 boys had raped her. Oh my God. Oh, within the terrible. first few days. Oh my God. The first few days? The first few days, yeah. Now, she was also forced to masturbate in front of this large group. Now, these are all people that she goes to school with and class oh with. Oh, my God. How humiliating. Oh, no. It gets worse. If you think oh. that's bad. Like, don't they? Literally like, was nothing. there a missing person report filed for her or anything? That's a really good question. And I'm going to get to that. But at one point, they forced her to call her mother because her mother was obviously in distress and yeah. calling the police. And. She says to her mother that she's fine because they're making her say that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they're also telling her if you, you know, call and say you're fine, then we'll let you live. So the that report will not be filed for a month after. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah, it's awful. Now, this is a really awful story. I'm just going to say that right now. This kind of reminds me. Remember, we wa- just watched that movie, I Spit on Your Grave. And it's that girl... I mean, granted, she didn't get raped 400 times, but she got raped by like four or five different guys. Remember? No, I, I wasn't it's watching like her that movie. story. So, yeah, like I said, she was uh, forced to call her parents. She actually told her mom that she was staying with a friend for a few days. Now, this is the beginning of it right here. This picture I'm showing you right now is within the first four days. So that's how she looks now. Oh, my word. This is within four days. Wait, she's dead? No, she's not dead. She's not going to die until day 44. Now, the mother... Uh, that's a legitimate picture of her. Yeah, yeah. The mother actually knows something is wrong, but by the time she could get any information out of, you know, her daughter, the um, one of the guys may, pulls the plug on the phone, so it hangs up. So no one knows where she's at besides the 100 classmates that actually half of them raped her they all know this now they began starving her now this is possibly i put in my notes because you know she was upstairs the parents didn't know she was home and they just didn't bring her any food for four days she doesn't eat she first begs for water and one of the boys takes a sports bottle and urinates in it and then forces her to drink it oh my god She's also fed cockroaches, <gasps> uh, like out of the uh, cockroach trap here. Oh, 44 days of this is outrageous. One day of this is outrageous. Never mind, 44. I'm just going to kind of run through this pretty quick, and you guys are going to th- hopefully thank me. I'm going to make myself black out, and I'm just going to run through it, so I'm not even going to oh, be okay. awake. All right. She is burned with cigarette lighters all over her body and inside of her vagina. Several objects, including bottles and a lamppost, were inserted into her vagina and anus. A lamppost? Now we're going to day 11, December 1st, 1988. Remember, we started this story on November 25th, 1988. So it was right before Christmas time. At this point, she gets close to starvation. And the boys begin beating her heavily with their with their fists and their feet. They basically just start kicking her and just punching her in the in the face. Oh gosh! Oh my goodness! Ooh. this poor girl. I'm very sad at this. She was jumped on like a trampoline. Her hands were tied to the ceiling because 
they wanted the kids always wanted a punching bag upstairs. What? Right. what? So their your most logical solution is getting an actual human being and using her as a punching bag. She was repeatedly kicked in the face. The picture I just showed you is when her nose was completely filled with blood. Now, this is where she can't breathe, but only out of a little spot in her mouth. That's the only place she can breathe. Dumbbells were dropped on her stomach, causing her to lose control of her bowels. This is really fucked up. A liquor bottle that was broken was shoved into her anus, and it caused rectal bleeding and near-fatal injuries. Oh, my God. I told you I was trying to get through this. Lighter fluid was poured on her feet, and her legs were lit on fire. Oh, my God. What? Like, (laughs) This is awful. I know you said that they were. This was a ruse where they would. But uh, why did they choose her? Like, well, she turned him down. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said that. And she was very pretty and really popular. She was a you know one of those mean girls or whatever. She was a mean girl, like Regina George. No, she wasn't like. Or was she just popular? She was really popular. She was popular, and and so because she turned him down, it therefore gave the perception that she was a mean girl. Yeah, and he was basically jealous because they've raped other women, but they just let him go. You know what I'm saying? And probably threaten him like, oh, we got ties to the Yukosko, so, you know, don't say anything. Yakuza. Yakuza. All right. Yakuza for Bruzina. Now, that abuse lasted several days. And at this point, all four males are now committed to sleeping in the home with the parents downstairs, mind you. And they have no idea what's going on, if you want to believe that. Because they can't let her go at this point. You know, they would be in prison forever if they did. So now they're at the point where they're trying to figure out what to do. So they all sleep there at the house. In the wee hours of the morning, she actually tried to escape, and she made it all the way downstairs to the front door. But before she could get out, she was dragged back upstairs, and this really pissed them off. We're at day 20th, December 10th, 1988. She's unable to walk now because, remember, she tried to escape and she pissed off the boys. And this is what they did to her. I'm putting these pictures on talkmar.com. That's her uh, legs. Oh, my word. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. She was beat with... So- ban- huh? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's she's like beat. There's like looks like there's burnt hole marks or like stab marks, like small piercings. Yeah, and burns, lash lashes. She was beat with bamboo sticks. Fireworks were inserted and <gasps> then lit while inside of her <gasps> anus. She was beaten <gasps> with golf clubs. Her fingers were completely smashed. Every one of them was oh, broken with oh dumbbell goodness. weight weights, and cigarettes were lit and shoved inside of her vagina. Oh, my God. Day 25th. I cannot Dece- believe this. I'm just, like, really upset about this story. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have picked this one up. <laughs> uh, I really brought down sad. the mood on this one. <laughs> I'm trying really hard sad. to maintain my composure. I can't it's tell you it's going to someone... get any better. It only goes it... downhill from <clears throat> here and fast. Really? It gets a lot worse. Day 25th. December 15th, 1988. Remember I said this whole ordeal lasted 44 days. Junko Furuta repeatedly urinates while screaming in pain because her organs are all torn up. She can't even digest water or food because her stomach I mean, is, her, is all tore up inside. Um, she goes to the bathroom all over the room, which 
they flip out about because, you know, the stench and, you know, their parents are home. They don't want them to find right. out. That's what I was thinking. If, if, if you're using the bathroom and not, you know, you can't do anything. It's like you, you would think that the parents would smell that. It's not. How do they keep it quiet in general? I think the parents just look the other way, to be honest. So she stinks. But they knew the ho- she was down there, you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, they knew unless they're stupid. But like I said, this kid is part of this gang and like they were scared of their own son type of thing, I guess. I mean, that's what they said. Anyway, she makes a mess. You know, she goes to the bathroom all over this room. They get outraged and they throw her outside on the balcony of the home. Now, keep in mind, this is in December and the temperatures are literally freezing. And they don't give her covers or anything. She just freezes out there, right? Mm-hmm. They also grilled chicken kind of beside her, like teasing her with it. And then they stuck the uh, chicken skewers with the chicken on it inside of all of her <gasps> orifices. Oh, day 30, December 20th, 1988. They poured hot wax on her face. And this is a picture from that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can't believe, and there's photographs of this. Yeah, that makes it worse to me. You know, like, it feels strange that there's so much documentation of this. Her eyelids were burned with a cigarette lighter. She was stabbed in the chest with sewing needles. Her left nipple was cut off and then destroyed in front of her with a set of pliers. This is the fucking worst right here. They stuck a lamp with, you know, a light bulb and just the pole and the lamp, the bulb. They stick it inside of her and turn it on so it gets hot. The bulb gets hot. <gasps> they stick it in her vagina, turn oh it on. God. It gets hotter, hotter, hotter until it finally explodes inside of her. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, my God. People, she, what is wrong with people? How did they think of these things? I don't understand. Like, what, I don't know, This man. is the most sadistic thing. Yeah, this is, this is probably the worst torture case we've listened to so far. Scissors were inserted into her vagina, which caused internal bleeding. Her eardrums were severely damaged, and I couldn't find out the medical science behind this, but it's really interesting. I really want someone out there to to tell me why this is. But when when they they examined her body, I'm, I'm guessing from all the torture, her brain started shutting down, and it actually reduced in size. Wow. Like her brain reduced in wow. size. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's like part coping mechanism. Yeah. You know? Probably. The brain is special, I mean, the, y'all. The pain. Yeah. I mean, I th- that's probably more horrific than any torture I've ever oh, heard Oh, yeah. Of. This is yeah. like the worst torture case in Even history. of like a I mean, you know, no like POW type shit. Like that's oh, this is, yeah. bad. Yeah. I think I'd rather be waterboarded. January 1st, day 40. Um, she starts begging her torturers to kill her. She Her last words are, all she can say is mom. Um, oh, her body is her now completely mother. mutilated. And on day 44, January 4th, 1989, now she's barely alive. And they say, the boys, now they're about to kill her. But they say, listen, you can live if you play Mahjong, Mahjong. Mahjong. Oh, is that Mahjong. the game Mahjong. with the, the game on the Windows computer? No, the... no, it's, it's the card game, right? My aunt plays this. It's Mahjong. on the computer. Mahjong. It's not the one where you take the marbles from no. one hole and put it into the other hole no. with the animals. That's no. 
No, Mahjong is a. What am I thinking of? I know what you're thinking of, but it's not that. Mancala. Thank you. What's Mahjong? It's like a card game. I don't know how to play it. But anyway, they told her she could leave if she won. Now she's like barely alive at this point, and she does win. (gasps) And of course, they don't keep their promises. They completely douse her in lighter fluid and set her ablaze. And this is oh my god, this is where she died. They burned her to death. Yeah. Well, the medical examiner thinks she died of just pure shock, but. I mean, it's probably of now they have to get rid of the body. So what they do is they get a 55 gallon drum, as you're seeing here on the picture and go talk to to see and um, and encased her in cement or encased her in concrete. (gasps) Oh, my gosh, her hair. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. This is fucked up. Yeah, this I'm is sorry. this is probably people ask like what's what are our favorite cases, what are the worst cases that they've heard. <laughs> I think this is this is probably my worst one, I think. Really? It's brutal. Yeah, this is bad. Well, I wouldn't say it's the worst. We've done some really bad ones. Before. Yeah, we have, but like this is just very very disturbing. Well, should I not do the three guys one hammer one next week? The what? The three guys and one hammer? That's an actual know. case. Remember the uh, one lunatic, one ice pick? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Oh, oh yeah. That was a bad one, too. That we actually, yeah, that was a bad one. Three, one lunatic. Well, one this was, a, I got the whole video of the three guys, one hammer, and it's not good. Oh. I mean, you do, you. Uh, uh, uh. Do you guys like that story? Is it over? Wait, what happened to the guys? <laughs> oh, shit. The victim, Furuta, Furuta was actually encased in concrete, hardened, because you saw her hair sticking out, and then rolled by the four boys into the local river. Oh, my gosh. But she was later pulled out. On January 4th, 1989, Farata died after the youth set her on fire. The boys then wrapped her body in the blankets and packed it in an oil drum along the concrete. The drum was then dumped at what is today Wakazi Park. Now, the boys were arrested. Okay, just the four boys, not the hundred-something boys that raped her from the school. They didn't get in any trouble. Well, actually, two did, but that was it. And it, they hardly didn't get in any trouble. The names were kept confidential. That's why you see in the pictures with their eyes blacked out. But some local journalists dug out the names and quickly posted them, saying, quote, After what they did to Junko Ferrata, they don't deserve anyone to uphold their human rights you're right i agree mm-hmm. with that so there yeah. it was really quickly everyone knew the names of these boys um hiroshi Mayano, he got he was the gang guy the one that did right. the most mm-hmm. of all this what was his punishment do you want to take a guess oh we we are not very familiar with japanese corporal punishment so i'm not i'm not sure uh Ten years. I was going to say 12 to 15 years. A court later handed the youth differing prison sentences. Minato, between five and nine years. Ogura, between five and ten years. And Miyano, 20 years. The fourth youth, Yashushi Watanabe, then 16, received a term of between five and seven years. Five and seven years. (laughs) That's crazy, isn't it? 
Typically, the name of the juvenile defendant is not released publicly. However, Shukan Bunshan released the names in the Ferrata case in the April 20th, 1989 issue. The names that he released were um, Hiroshi Miyano. Um, he changed his name. He eventually changes his name to Hiroshi Yakoyama. That's his name now. Joe so they're or- out. They're out. Yeah, they're all point. out. Well, actually, I'm going to get to that. But one of them's in prison again. Oh, good. And um, yeah, so I'll get to that now. They were all given less than 20 years, most not even five years. The one good thing about the story, which is not even anything really good, is that all the boys went to the judge to appeal their sentence. Okay, this is a new judge. And to get paroled earlier. Okay, mm. the judge actually said, fuck no, and he actually increased their sentence. Good. Which I never knew that. No, I've yeah. never seen anyone do that. No, That's I haven't crazy. either. Right on Japan. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that kept them in there for 20 years. Good. Yeah. They so, all stayed in there for 20 years? Well, the, the, the gang member, he got 17 years, and he tried to get out early, and the judge said, fuck no, your sentence is now 20 years. So he stayed an extra Good. three years. Yeah. Minato actually makes the news again really recently. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through where all the boys are now from what we know. Uh, one of the boys, Oguro, was released in 1999 and then he assaulted a snack, I put snake, a snack hostess at a club and was sent back to prison for four more years. I feel like he should have gotten more for that. Yeah. If it was a second offense. Mayano. Clearly, he shouldn't be on the streets. No, he has a problem. Mayano was released in 2009. He changed his name to Yukamyama, Yokoyama, and was arrested again on fraud charges. Now, a journalist tells um, a local paper about Mayano, and this is what the journalist says. He's always with members of his posse, taking them to barbecue parties and hostess clubs, says the source. He speeds around in a BMW and sports high-end clothing. He's open about his ties to organized crime and multi-level marketing schemes that make him money. Yeah, so he's just a big douche. Watanabe, apparently not much is known about him, but he does still live with his mother. Minato was recently arrested again in 2018 for an attempted murder. And he says, quote, I certainly stabbed him and beat him, but I did not intend to kill him. It was like a road rage. Then what's the point? It was like a road rage situation, but he's back in prison now. But So two of them are, are, well, one of them was in prison again, but has since been released as well. Yeah. And the one still lives with his mother. And they're all. But there's one asshole that's making money and living the high life. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Someone should take care of these people. I mean, this is like the worst crime ever. You know? Yeah. And everyone knows who these people are. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, that piece that we did where the girls, the witchcraft one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shannon Scherer. You know? Yeah. Like, they all got out, um, even though somebody died, which is terrible. But that was also real, like, not nearly as bad as this, but still just bad and so fucked up and I'm sorry you kill somebody I don't care how young you are that's pretty like 
wasn't an accident. That was deliberate torture. All right. Well, that's the story on Juco Ferrata. That's all I could find on it. There's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of movies out there. The one that I mm. found that was good, but is in pure Japanese. It does have English subtitles, but the subtitles are so off. It's not even worth watching. Like I'm talking, mm. like the subtitles, the English subtitles are like ten minutes off of the actual movie. <laughs> it's like whoever wow. whoever dubbed those things is just just an idiot. But you know, there's a couple movies. There's actually a Hindu movie out there that's based on this story, and you know, it's a bunch of Hindus doing the same thing. But you know, whatever. I'm very sad for her. Did the parents or the family like get any sort of retribution? I don't know how that works. Oh no, not at all. They didn't get anything. That's sad. I mean, I'm really sorry about this case. Yeah, this case sucks, and like, uh, it's crazy. Anyway, I don't think that would have happened in the U.S. Well, I mean, it might have happened, but they wouldn't be out of fucking prison. Yeah, no, like, that's just ridiculous. Well, that's not necessarily well, true. Remember the, the case, the she geisha. Out. She didn't get a lot of time either. She only got. Well, she they couldn't find her. Well, they couldn't find her. Yeah. Oh, I thought she got locked up. No, she. Well, she escaped. Remember? Oh, yeah. I feel like she had the penis in her pocket. And plus, she wasn't that bad. She just cut off a dude's ding dong. Well, she also murdered Not him. Not nearly as bad as this. All right. Well, that's my story. So I hope you guys enjoyed. The next story is the 100th episode. Woo-hoo! If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a Talko Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is Jen here with John and Nicole. And until next time. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) What? Jen, what are you doing with that balloon? Um, just making sure that everyone knows that we have the hundredth episode coming up. Be sure to check it out. <laughs>